you are now tuned in to the Free Play Media Podcast Network. Hey everybody, if you haven't got your tickets for Target Practice Live at Off-Broadway here in St. Louis, Missouri yet, get out, go to offbroadwaystl.com right now, get them June 3rd, it's our roast tournament making its triumphant return to Off-Broadway. Now time for the show. We're live. Live we are. I'm Chris Denman. And I'm Travis Terrell. And this is a special edition. <laughs> and you know what? Of fuck we it. are alive. Fuck it. Fuck it, fuck it, fuck it. Justin, sit down in the chair. Let's round table. This- Sam, you want to sit down over here? Let's do it. Let's round table, baby. This is a special edition of We Are Live. This is what happens when Bill Bellamy doesn't show the fuck up. Chris is upset. We not had a, really. We had a scheduled appointment with Bill Bellamy, and he couldn't show up. Uh, so. Bill Bellamy not showing up. So we're gonna have some fun, man. This will uh, air on Friday. We're gonna we're gonna improvise. We're we're jazz musicians, and I know that's more in Travis's. Travis is Whiplash. I saw a, a white a, drummer. That is, and it starred Miles Teller. Hey, so, everybody. We got Justin Waits. He's the uh, he's a sad rhino. He's the intern. Hey, Justin. What's up, Justin? I hope not. Yeah, get his ass, Sam. It would make much more sense with the way this day is going to, for him not to be on. Hello. Oh, try it again. Hello. Hello? Hello. Shock City are. Studios. There I am. In the mix. How are you, Justin? A little tired today. Yeah, you, you're kind of yeah. showing it. You wear it on the sleeve. Yeah. Everyone is is behaving like it's a Thursday. Yeah. Like, and when I mean that, it's just... Well, it is a it, Thursday. Well, I'm saying is like a Thursday in the sense that you're getting your ass kicked. You know, you've gone through the rigors of the week. You really are crawling towards the weekend. You're hoping to God that you can make it. I feel like that's this kind of day. Well, I was worried I was going to miss picking you up this morning. So yeah, I was, Justin uh, come pick me up. A poor guy. Sleeping. And the guy, what, you going to go to bed to what? Uh, you went to bed at 2.30? Why? Up at 4.30. Uh, well, I was worried I would miss my alarm. So, so you, when That's I got happened to- before. I've done that before on, certainly on when I was doing like, uh, I had a final. Yeah. And I've always used to hear horror stories about students like, and teachers be like, if you're not in the door at this particular time, you get an F mm-hmm. for the, so there would be times I would stay up late and study, but I know, fuck, if I go to bed right now and I oversleep. I just ruined the last four months of my academic career. Yeah. So I'm not going to risk it. I'm going to stay up. So I get where you're coming from. I wish from, you would have slept that. in and forgot him. Damn. It would have been a fun morning show this morning. Uh, I would have never been able to forgive myself. You know how I am. <laughs> you my, are so I'm emotional. I'm my own worst boss. <laughs> you are so emotional. I'm, Justin's like, man, I... I can't get this thing done, and I said I'd get it done. Okay, cool. Nobody catch you. Uh, like, catch you Wednesday. <laughs> three paragraphs later. I'm so sorry. You'd be self-flagellated. You'd have those whips with the balls yeah. at the end, smacking yourself I'd beat in the, the back. Beat the shit out of myself. Hey, that voice you just heard. It's usually the man behind the scenes, Sam Mall. Everybody, hit the Sam. Hit the clap. The clap sound. Fired up, Sam. There it is. There oh, it is. Sam nope. has fired it up. Sam, what's up, man? Oh, uh, you know. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, idiots promised a celebrity, and he's not. No. So Sam works here at Shock City Studios. Man, you went to Webster here in St. Went Louis. Went to Webster. Hey. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna dive in with Sam a little bit. Don't you think? Oh, we're gonna dive in. So with this is a world class studio, right? We yep. see it. Every I love bringing people here. It's a big part of uh, 
why we like doing things that you can bring people in that are used to the finer things mm-hmm. and they uh, and they enjoy it here but you got to keep the lights on with some local business too That's right so don't forget that there are hourly rates it's like you know sometimes at a hotel you do pay for a week, but you do have the folks that come use it for an hour oh, or two, yeah. too. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> so you guys whore yourselves out a little bit. And there's bit. a snack machine in the hallway at the Hilton. They got to make a few extra bucks, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Sam cuts mixtapes for people. That's right. Uh, do, like, uh, voiceover stuff. What mm-hmm. is the... Habitually are mixtape Like, what's your... I, I don't want to set this up wrong. Habitually, who are the most difficult folks to deal with because maybe of an over inflated ego or I don't know I guess just anybody those that comes people in. are hard but you get used to you get used to people who have big heads because they're everywhere right. yeah, and you just yeah. learn how, you just learn how to either tell them to fuck off or just let them do whatever they want to do the <laughs> hardest people are the people who have completely unreasonable expectations so they're like I got 500 bucks and I want to make a world-class CD. So can I get it next week? I'm like, all right, you need to back it up a little bit. <laughs> how do you how do you begin that conversation? Because I imagine someone, you see such a nice studio that we're in in Chalk City that they just envision themselves putting together that album that's going to catapult them up to Billboard and obviously a Grammy in a year. How do you manage those expectations? What do you say? Or obviously you look at it from the business end and you go, sure, I can do it. Right. Yeah, that's been one of the hardest things for me as a growing, trying to be a professional to learn is is there's really no way around just being honest with people and telling them True. like, you know what, this is going to cost money. Here, tell me what song you like. And then they tell you and you play it for them and you say, this is what's in this song. You hear a song, I hear 90 things happening in this song. Right? <laughs> yeah, and right. none of those things are free. And this is how much it costs. Well, think about taking your car to a mechanic. Car sure. don't work. Right. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'll be, I'll be back in the morning. Well, you've got some issues. <laughs> Just, you right. can have an exhaust, uh, uh, shocks, whatever else. And then you so. say, and then, the, and then you take your car and you say, well, my budget was like 200 And it's like, well, it's a $3,000 fix. <laughs> right. Can you do it for 200 Like, No. no. <laughs> <laughs> we can record you playing your kazoo on my iPhone. <laughs> I feel like that should be the follow-up. Oh, you want $200 worth of production? Uh, hey, go underneath that uh, smoke, <laughs> all the cigars underneath my desk, get the kazoo in the recorder, let's fire this bad boy up. Yeah, let's do it. I will give you the best possible eye engineering possible. <laughs> now, right? I, would, I would imagine, so if you get that on that end, and I don't expect you, obviously, for professional reasons, to name drop a particular artist, but have you also had a elite artist come through here that wanted the world? That, want, that was basically utilizing every resource possible for maybe the two hours they were going to use the space? Yeah. I mean, and I won't name drop, but yeah, there's... Yeah, please. There's... Uh, it's weird because there's a range. Nelly. You can't you can't pigeonhole people based sure. on that because there seems to be it's like a range of personalities. Like I've met some pretty big names who are incredibly down to earth, gracious. They respect everything as a please and a thank you, a yes sir, no sir, even that kind of stuff. Wow. And then it goes the other way. People who are worth five hundred million dollars are complete assholes for, and make you know they can't pay the the whatever or their bossing me around it's like i'm here to do right i'm here to make you happy i promise 
You don't have to be mean about it to make it happen. <laughs> right, so right, weird. right. You go into a bank or anything, and Justin being the sensitive type, I'm sure you that fucking work with me. hate that stuff too, <laughs> I've been man. Fired. It's a pain in the ass. Man. I can't understand. I don't, you see the people we bring in people, and we've brought in some people that are celebrities, and people know. Ninety nine point nine percent of people are pretty good. Yeah. No, we've been very fortunate, certainly with We Are Live, as far as when mm-hmm. it comes to guests. And but I've also spoken to the idea of even if that wasn't the case. I kind of have a buffer for me personally and expecting at some point to be Hollywood yeah. because I, I just I had just have an expectation is when it comes to people's time and what they have to do and knowing that you don't owe us anything and that people don't owe us anything. So no, I'm no. under the impression that because you're technically doing us a favor that if you can only do it for five minutes or if you're, you're being short with people. Not that's something I want, but it's something that I understand being that it's the nature of the beast that we've elected to join. And I think I think I've I've done this maybe a few times. I'll just slip into oh, you want to play this game? So how's life on the road? Awesome. Big plans for the future. It's great. Hey, it's been a delight. Have a you know what I mean? Like, I go a step. We further. can I- do that, and then people will not listen to your your interview. I mean, it's not. It's strange. I mean, that's all. That's everyday life. I, but I'm willing even to go the extra mile. I know we had uh, a, a, a comedian. I think we may have mentioned his name before, so I don't know if it matters at this point. But we had a comedian. We reached out to his people, and his people, they were doing an event, and they gave us this laundry list of things we had to fill out. And he's like, he's got five minutes. Betty Griffin. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> For all our Kansas City listeners out there who probably know him. But, no, we had that. And, look, Chris Eddie was like, Griffin. Five minutes with Eddie Griffin ain't worth it, man. I, but I but I got to the point where I was like, well, he's well, too busy with the twenty nine people he's got under. Well, him. and that's generally the case. But for me, I was like, well, give us five minutes, and I'll give you the goofiest, silliest five minutes we can offer. That's you know, I'm going to do what we can to make the most out of it. And again, it's not something I prefer. I don't think anyone prefers to you know get a laundry list of demands before a three to five minute interview. At the same time, I think we're good enough to still make those three to five minutes entertaining, at least for our listeners. So even when we've gone out to L.A. and we made visits to other people's projects where millions of dollars are on the line and there are thousands of employees, you kind of have an understanding that this is the nature of it all. So to get Hollywood is just part of the business, especially when you have friends you know who work. You You know a lot of people work in the industry. They have to deal with it almost on a daily basis. So... Who am I to sit up here and go, well, you had to, you got shorted by Eddie Griffin for five minutes. Well, how about dealing with 25 Eddie Griffin types every day for 40 hours a week? So, eh, kind of, it's a balance. And everybody's shit is most important. Like, even with us, like our show, oh, this is super important to us. It's not important to everybody. Not important to everybody. <laughs> like, don't and, forget and, that. And that's a real, like, how... <laughs> I guess that would be the question I would ask to all three of you guys. When did you come to those type of realizations? Like, I know it's easy, and maybe we're still learning, but at what point did you realize, oh, this is fun for me, this is important to me, Uh, I mean, it'd be important to anybody else. For me, when I interviewed, uh, when I got to interview Artie, you know, uh, you know, I did. I uh, Artie Malone, the greatest, <laughs> Artie, the great Artie Malone folder in Artie. Utah. Oh, no, man. no, comedian great Artie Lang. Um, oh, I got to. Uh, I was supposed to interview him for my uh, college radio show that never got to be aired. And uh, <laughs> wait, like, do you still have it? It's on my phone right now. Nice. Okay. We'll have to. Be part we'll of have the to do a special. Series. We'll have to do a special <laughs> release series. That would be nice. But, uh, How bad did you suck? 
Oh, I, I think it's bad, but everybody like my, my, I don't. Know. I mean, you you was talk the, pretty. I mean, you're you you're very conversational. You can't read a fucking news update uh, for your life, but I did pretty good today with that Italian mob. Uh, did you? Yeah, I did. Lucchese. Yeah, yeah. you you said it wrong. No, no, I would. I read it the way it sounded. On, the, the reporter said it on the air. So. Oh, gotcha. Right, I, I studied it. I was did like, did you do okay. the uh, Chris Farley thing? Hey, Artie Lang, remember that time you were on the Howard Stern? I show? was uh, literally like when he <laughs> interviewed Paul McCartney on SNL. <laughs> you know, and, and, on the Beatles. You know, uh, Lang interviewed me in his uh, hotel room bedroom, and it was me oh, and wow. he, he was sitting in a chair. I was sitting in a chair, and no, there's a take, pile no, of laundry. Pants, there's a pile of laundry sitting in between us. He's smoking cigarettes in his non-smoking mm. hotel room. Oh, it's yeah. just ashen on the floor. Oh yeah. I didn't get that interview though till midnight. I was supposed to interview him at six p.m. and oh, wow. he kept pushing it off. He goes, "Let me just after the first show, I'll, I'll, I'll give you your interview." And uh, so you waited his ass out. Yeah, I did. Yeah. He's your hero. He, no, he, well, yeah, he's. He told me just come to the green room and you can hang with us. And uh, he he re, he reimbursed me for my uh, ticket I bought. Like that's nice. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, I I had. A, I think maybe the idea of me just projecting in regards to being Hollywood is because when I had my very first celebrity interview encounter, it was with one, the great Little John. It was at uh, Lincoln University, Jeff City, Missouri. For when you were at Mizzou? I was at Mizzou, and my cousin at the time was going to Lincoln, and she said, hey, come along with us. Our show's radio show is doing an interview with Lil John. Come along. You can help. And Lil John brought us, or his people, his handlers brought us backstage, but similar to your Artie story, we were backstage for the entire show. So we were back there because we got there early, wanted to set up. So we were there for about five hours. And so we had to pull the waited out game, too. It was one of those, if you really want it, we're going to make your ass work for it. And he had us there all the way to the end of the show. Didn't get over to 1 a.m. We got there at 6. We didn't see any of the show. We just heard the music. And we had to sit back in his dressing room and wait on Lil John and the East Side Boys in order to interview them. And so maybe in my mind now, going forward with all our interviews, I always feel like they're going to force, they're going to make me wait it out. Even though I know they're coming to us half the time. But I go, ah, oh, shit. They're going to Hollywood us. They're going to big boy us. So I always have that perhaps in the back of my head. That absolutely is is something that would make sense too, because you're so excited right. and you're so oh. like you don't and you don't know what you're doing, you know, no. like even like so even preparing ten questions for Little John when you have nowhere to really put it, right. even right, exactly. That in itself is going to be a fucking process. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Should I? Would he like? I mean, what if he becomes my friend after I ask him <laughs> where he grew up? I mean, if what? I mean, this could be big for me. That's how college kids think. So I, I don't know. I mean, that's. Is there is there an entertainer or an artist for any of you guys that you would be afraid of interviewing, like someone that you admire, but you a recording not, for Sam? That's a good one for Sam. Yeah, you know, is there a recording that you admire this artist, but you're just like, I don't know if I could spend. What maybe half a day in a studio with them recording or someone I can and sit down to, for and an I hour wonder too, like like with us. So we talk. Like I, I mean, yes, you should be more prepared or treat different interviews differently. With Sam and recording stuff, it's a skill. Th- so it's like, True. do yeah. you possess the? Do you possess the game plan? Recording somebody? Do you? Could you literally record anybody? I mean, I. Yeah, because it's it's fundamentally the same process, I guess. If you know what you're doing, you know what you're doing. But the problem is everybody has their own way of working, uh. and the workflows are different. And that's one thing I've run into. Like when people come in from out of town, it can be difficult. They feel like you're 
they're not connecting with you or whatever. Uh, you know, you're not uh, making that work connection because you're trying to move fast because there's a lot of money on the line sure. for if a label's paying for it and there's a lot of important people's time on the line. And if they don't feel like you're doing the way that they usually do it, they might not know the your end of the process enough to know like you're doing it fine. It's just a different way. It goes back you to know you're here I mean? to help. Right. I mean, it's like, I promise you, I'm not trying to make this a bad experience. Right. But I, I will say, I mean, I think that there's some people that I could, uh, that would make me nervous to work with. And I, I do sometimes if I know that I'm going to have somebody big and it kind of gives you those butterflies where you're like, I guess I'm going to just have to focus and do it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Is there anybody you, you really want to record? Like if they were like, okay, you get to pick your dream weekend of working with, with an artist. I mean, is it, uh, who would it um, be? I would love to record uh, like Minus the Bear. Do you know that? I almost said that because of how diff- how mathematical they are or yeah. however you would say their guitars go. I love those guys. But, yeah, Yes, they're and fucking they, great. And they, but they would, that would make me a little nervous, I think. But I feel like they'd be chill. They'd be yeah. cool. Well, I mean, their pedal setup for their guitars is like what? Like a mountain oh, of pedals? Yeah. So I would be like, so... Uh, you take care of that, and then I'll put the mic in front of the amp. You cool with that? <laughs> well, that's the thing. That's good to have it set at that because, let's be honest, unless they hit some, like they have a song on some kind of an indie movie that also breaks out, they've probably reached their peak. Right. Good for you. Don't you're you're not like Queen. I would love to record Queen. That ain't happening. Uh, right. Good for you. Exactly. People are like, hey, who would you want to interview? Who's your thing? Who's I'm your like, interview? Adam Carolla. Yeah. <laughs> so Carolla was your guy. Yeah, your Carolla was your guy. There it is. Artie was mine. Fucking text was him. Well, no, you know, Larry David would be great. Oh, yeah. Or fucking yeah. or Michael or uh, you know Steve Carell. But at the same time, how do you know they're going to give it up? Because you see this. You right. see comedians come in that aren't as good. This isn't stand up. This isn't improv. It's conversation, and not everybody's super can, into but, but it. That's the question. Wait, Nick though, Offerman you, was a great one. No, Nick Offerman oh. was good for you. Yeah. What, but do you think you can get it out of them? Do you think you possess? Yeah, the, yeah. The, there's a level. Okay. I think if me and Michael Jordan sat down and he couldn't leave the room for three hours, I would find a way to get something interesting, or I'd I'd use myself as the lamb and be like, well, yeah, what about me? And I'd start talking shit. Right. And you bait yourself or bait the thing in somehow. So That's a good. That's a good. So you you've know had, what I mean? So you've had Offerman and you've had Corolla. So uh, you've Corolla had co- was it. I right. mean, that Corolla was, was it. Okay. That was like, yeah, because I mean, I've, I can't tell you how many hours of his stuff I've listened to and I and were you love like his before, work ethic. And, 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 and so and you were nervous before, not nervous per se, but you were like, this, I was like, if wow. I don't, if I don't bring it. my if radio ended, If radio ended after we did the thing at the pageant with him, I was like, we just went up on stage at the pat like that's it right like that's it I, mine's would have to be I think if someone I would be nobody asked not actually. Re- did anybody well, remember well, asking well, Travis asked the three well, of us I'm about to say no, I yeah. threw it off Sam, the backboard I, I'm very I, in, feel like I love Sam do not say minus the bear I'm gonna be so pissed <laughs> Minus the bear, that would have been yeah. it. He loves the Simpsons references <laughs> in their songs. So. I um a guy that I think I think similar to along the lines. If you if, well, I need time, but I think it would be one of those where I could be done with whatever I do would be Chappelle. Oh. I think Dave Chappelle oh, is one yeah, of the two. I think Chappelle in the sense, like, but I think Chappelle is not purposely it, difficult. But I think Chappelle would be like it. It would take intimidating. It would. It would be probably Don't intimidating because he's extremely intelligent. But it's also one of those guys that he's very sure of himself. But he's also a guy that's notoriously known for going at his own pace and doing things at his own. Well, speed. think about it this way: Bill Burr goes and hangs out, and we'll do Joe Rogan's podcast once every three months or whatever. Mm-hmm. You have other people. You have people that do that. 
Spelling, going to hang out on people's podcasts. Exactly. Exactly. So to even get them in the room, you you see that as a success, but knowing the pressure that comes along with that, because again, Dave Chappelle is successful and very sure of himself to the point where he knows when you're going to be full of shit and he knows when this is a waste of time. So you have to, I wouldn't say walk on eggshells, but you have to be very conscientious of how you're approaching the interview, how, the questions that you're asking, the tenor of the interview. So I think that challenge in itself is something I would welcome because I I feel like on the other end of that, if you're able to navigate those waters, it would be considered one of the best interviews that one could possibly do. I just think he's if you if you've heard him speak, you've heard Dave yeah. Chappelle talk. Like Dave Chappelle, when he goes on about something, it's really it's it's a gem. It's a gem each time out. So I think that would be a fun challenge to be able to get him maybe in a studio and talk to him for at least a half an would it, hour. Would you, it's willing, you're willing to take that risk too. Oh, it's, absolutely. it's going to suck. Oh, absolutely. Because you want that opportunity. It's a guy that I know, it's like, if this sucks, then so be it. But it's the you challenge it. that I want to be able to try to get that one line or that one quote out of Dave Chappelle. That's fine with me. Do you guys get worried like if you're interviewing a big name or whatever, like if you kind of throw out a question or a joke that you're like, I'm not sure how this one's going to land. This might be on the edge of pissing them off. Does that... Does that make you nervous to do that, or are you just like, eh, I, whatever happens, happens? Go ahead. No, I was, I was, I've gotten to the point where I think as, at least from the interaction we've had, is that as long as you're genuine, and even if it's an effort, the people we've had the fortune of talking to appreciate the effort. Yeah. Like, as long as it wasn't canned or scripted and it's organic and it happens in the moment, even if it doesn't land the joke or you trying to build that rapport, they appreciate the effort and that you at least tried. And I think that's kind of what we've been able to do. I know when we had Donnell Rawlings in last week, I think the fact that we were willing to engage him and willing to run our shitty-ass jokes past him I think oh, he may worked. not have laughed I mean, and he may have immediately forgotten, but he, I thought, maybe appreciated the idea that well, at least they were willing to put themselves out there, which is what comedy essentially but is. But then you putting can, yourself out there. Just like the, the nervous part just doesn't even come into the equation for me, it, just because it, it will suck so much more if it sucks. Does right. that make sense? Right. I think, like, or if your nervousness shows. Like, if you're right. like one thing when we did. And, and a good thing we can do too, the good thing is you can say something incredibly asinine and stupid. But then you've just offered yourself up and then you give a whole nother topic because then, tra so we usually, you know, two, maybe even three of us here, then that gives him an opportunity and you're at least taking that thing. So if you're going for, if you're playing football and you're going for the ball and you tip it up, at least maybe one of your teammates can grab it and run with it too. No, absolutely. And that's, I think that's a fun thing a lot of times engaging with a lot of the comedians is because they, they understand that it's almost like everything's a workshop. So even when they come in here and they interview with us, they're working on things too. Yeah. They're yeah. working on material. And they're or, working things or, out. And, and you'll see too, and it, it doesn't, it's good. It, there's a good part and a bad part to this. I'll feel a little used if I haven't seen their act. And then I'm like, oh man, they're just pulling stuff up, going, going, going. Oh, no, they, they and then you go see their this. act and like, right. oh man, you used this from your... <laughs> I thought I was special. Yeah, I was like, oh, I thought I just brought this out in you. But then it's also like, man, they've got to do how many things? And of course they're going to lean on that material because it works, yeah. right. number one. And then number two, it's like, well, sometimes you just don't have much else to say. Especially like people who do... To just tell funny stories about their life and stuff like how much funny shit can really happen to you exactly you know what if I mean? you have three <laughs> usable stories for your stand-up that can spread between 10 and 40 minutes you're not gonna have five of those right 
No, no, no way in hell. Not at all. No, no, and I, and I, and again, because yeah, if you go past that, you just—it's just name dropping. Yeah. And, but and also <laughs> at that same time, like I, I kind of feel slightly honored that you're like, hey, I'm going to use these old yucks as an opportunity to work on my stand-up yeah. That's probably going to end up Do in my thing, Netflix man. special in about a year. Like I get it, and it's just part of the nature of the beast, and it's it's a lot of fun most of the time. Like I said, we have been very fortunate oh. not to have the uh, the. Well, the it has Hollywood. to do with us too. We don't. We we've made a point to not. If somebody can't show up, then it's not personal. You don't do that. Where you you, it's weird now. You do run into these people that just will have emotional explosions over things. Or it's just like, how has this ever served you in a positive manner? I remember a ever. guy. I Name remember, one time. I remember a reporter about a year ago did something similar along those lines. A very popular guy. I think he had a a popular radio show in San Diego or Southern California, and he had a run in with Samuel Jackson. And he, oh, he's great. He, and in the, it's, he, I don't know whether Samuel L just didn't have time, but the guy attempted to essentially use his 80,000 followers on Twitter to vent about how Samuel Jackson blew him off. Well, Samuel Jackson oh, blew him off. Yeah, he blew okay. him off. So I, I thought you were going to talk about the guy who called, who asked him about the he called Mastercard him another commercial. No, he said, I love you in the MasterCard commercial. He's like, you think I'm uh, oh, he, um, Morgan Freeman or something? <laughs> oh. And that Lawrence guy was Fishburne like, Lawrence like, Fishburne, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the guy was like, oh, it was a legit mistake. I'm so sorry. You know, and then Sam let him have it, which he did. But no, I remember I he did something. About that guy. But there was that another guy one with the guy. Good. Yeah, and that, this, this so, okay, so this guy. This was a separate guy. This guy had a, a what I, from what I've heard, had a relatively popular either podcast or radio show in Southern California. He went to this event where there were going to be a bunch of uh, people from Marvel there and uh, Samuel Jackson had done like 200 interviews and was just like, hey, guy, I have to go on to the next thing. But he went to Twitter and decided to say, like, he made it personal. He yeah. made it like, Samuel blew me off. Samuel didn't have time for us. Samuel, you know, we we the fans pay your salary. He pulled that thing. That, uh, uh, and yeah, he pulled that thing. And he did it on Twitter. He did his rant. But Samuel Jackson has a fairly large region, a guy that is is very prominent on yeah. Twitter himself, so he got a hold of it. Samuel isn't stupid. He has a. He was like, "Hi, I hear people adding me on Twitter, telling me you're saying these things," and he's got this back and forth. But I immediately thought to myself, "What did you serve by going out on Twitter?" Or using a public format to just out Samuel Jackson no when, other- and Samuel Jackson articulated like, "Hey, bro, I was literally on my two hundred and thirteenth line interview on this red carpet, and they were ushering me out because we had to be somewhere else, and it was an ensemble cast, so Samuel had to go where the cast was going." Yeah. And so he explained this, but the guy just kept he doubled down, and I I always thought he doesn't owe you shit. No. No one owes us anything in this industry. And so if somebody, again, of Samuel's caliber, a guy who is notorious for giving his time, mm-hmm. especially to yucks like us when it comes to podcasting or radio interviews, um, if he does that, then be grateful. If he can't, then move the fuck on. But it always, it always, it's amazing, though, how people will take certain things personally in this industry. And I think... I'm, I'm fortunate, or we're maybe fortunate, to be on the sidelines and watch that type of shit happen and know the... Oh, we could act like that. I mean, there's been... Sure. You could do that, and you could throw fits, and you could do that, and then you don't... Establish. Maybe you still do... I don't know how people do it personally. Like, I think about things where I could have gotten mad but then didn't, and then it worked out really well for exactly. us. Exactly. And I, I mean, maybe you... If you're just that good at what you do, or you, you're lucky, or something, or... 
You don't burn the wrong. I don't know. I just personally, I don't know how we could move forward if we were constantly. I think the best fits. example is uh, of our situation is Jay Moore. Jay Moore had to reschedule on us several times, five uh, times, like almost four or five times, and so. Uh, Jay, again, we we understood. Jay Moore is considered when we went out to Los Angeles. Everyone and their mother was telling us how busy that guy is. He's doing a project, or almost, crazy, or yeah. crazy. Yeah. And and we understood. Jay Moore again didn't owe us shit. And then Jay Moore, once he said, "Hey guys, I apologize for blowing you off the last four times. I've been doing A, B, C, and D. I would love to come to your show." Jay Moore did about five to six hits with our show in a span of six months. After with, that, you know, with. Half an hour's notice. Half, yeah. And then he literally would come on and he wouldn't give us two, three minutes. He would give us half an hour. Minutes, yeah. So I'm saying is, so again, yeah, Chris is right. We could have been like, whatever, Jay Moore. And I think it was at a point where Chris was maybe even like, hey, I don't know if we should really go down yeah, this Jay you Moore train. Look, you don't want to look uh, desperate. Chris, and I, I was like, Chris, look, if it's just simple of just exchanging emails, then it's no big deal, whatever. If he comes on, great. If he doesn't, one would never know. And sure enough, he did several hits with us, especially when we were on drive time radio. Huge hits. So those things can pay off. I just never understood taking that kind of shit personally. Because again, I think yeah. Chris has to remind me, mind you, every day, almost every other day, almost every week, hey, nobody owe you shit. And I think once people get that in their heads that, you know, it forces you to move forward. It forces you to move forward. You may not like the outcome that happens, but to think that, I mean, outside of somebody owing you money, that may be a different situation, but outside of that, no one owes you shit. <laughs> well, I think some to. people try to leverage the the outrage because we, you know, we live yeah. in the outrage culture, and they're yeah. like, "I'm gonna hop on this if I can make people feel like he wronged me, then mm. I might be able to get some mileage out of this and really boost myself." But I don't know. To me, that just looks so childish. It does, yeah. and it comes. Off, I've never seen anyone. Well, it's the may I speak to your manager? Yes. You know what I mean. Like, and, and I've never seen okay, that Rhonda. work out. Exactly. Right. exactly. I've, I've, and I've never seen that equation come out positive for a person who goes in with that mindset. And so I, I don't know. You're just and also realize you're probably not winning that battle no. against Samuel L. Jackson. No, that like guy. Is not what did he expect winning. was going to happen? Right. People you're like, not winning. Oh that my battle. god! You do you know what we side with you? What fuck you, Samuel? L. Like what? who's going to give yeah. him interviews now? But that's you know? the thing. Again, was that moment worth it? No. Again, even if Samuel was the dick, and I, we weren't there, he may have been. But was do you think that it was worth it going that route to express what you thought you need to express? I say, fuck it, go to the stall, yeah. yell at yourself, yell into a phone, yell into a pillow. But to then Just take work harder that, to get the next one. Exactly. So that's always why pick on the like the coolest guy in Hollywood. What a <laughs> yeah. stupid choice. And not only that, a guy that literally has five to ten projects a year that he's going to be promoting. So if you would have just been like, oh, Samuel, I'll catch you on the flip next time, yeah. he'll be doing you that favor. Yeah. So well, that's it, weird. And then again, too, it's like, you peon. What do you, what, <laughs> like, okay, we can play the nice thing. We go back and forth. Let's just break this down. He doesn't fucking need you. No. And you're not that cool. It's a simple math of it all. Even and the people at the top of their game can lose you. That's why you should always be respectful. And yeah. I think, I think one of the funniest ones, and I don't know if it was intentional. You could maybe tell me the birth of this situation, but Damon and Kimmel, were they friends before? Yeah, they're okay. buddies. And so yeah. so like, was, that whole, was that whole Damon, thing a setup, or yes, did that really yeah. happen? Matt Damon, Matt Damon was supposed and Ben Affleck to come on. literally okay. go watch the Super Bowl at Jimmy Kimmel's house. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I that's, just think that, and that's think, one of the best running bits. And oh, it's and it's, it's hilarious. He and it started whenever Kimmel was on like 
the band Every Time I Die was playing. Like they, <laughs> they were not, they weren't getting Maroon Five at this point. Like, and that's yeah. that's a real thing. Like they've been doing it since Kimmel was, you know, the midnight or one a.m. show or whatever it was. So. And then I even do this thing. I don't know if you guys do it, but I even do this thing. I look to people maybe in our industry or people who are very successful and how they manage similar situations. So we've seen Corolla work. So I've, I've seen people blow off Corolla, some people who were extremely rude about it, and then people who were legitimately like, dude, we just can't make it work. And I've kind of used that as maybe a blueprint in that, okay, if a guy is successful, Corolla can handle a situation yep. this particular way, yep. then I can. I've seen situations where if, if Corolla can take 30 minutes after his show... To shake 2,000 people's hands. Then oh, yeah. who the fuck am I not to spend whatever time I have after a live show we do to interact with people? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I kind of use that as a barometer for myself to go, look, people who are doing it and who are doing it very well. For example, Kevin Hart. There should not be a comedian under Kevin Hart that is rude to a radio personality or rude to a podcaster. Or an opener. Or, yeah. Kevin Hart, if Kevin Hart can sit down and do fucking 50 interviews in a day and you're trying to get to where Kevin Hart is, you should be able to do 60 in a day. Like, there shouldn't be a reason where, oh, I just don't have time for this and I, can, I don't want to make it work. If the guy that's making 80 fucking million in the game who has a Nike endorsement deal has time for Judy Bloom's podcast, <laughs> I think you can make some time, pal. I Leave think Judy you can, out of this. I know. I apologize. It's a good podcast. It's, a, it's one of the most featured podcasts on the I bet there is a podcast called the Judy Bloom podcast. I mean, we're at a tipping point, right? I mean, it's... got the name for my new show. <laughs> With Justin Waits. Justin Waits. It's a Judy Bloom podcast. I don't know who the hell this lady is, but... We're going to do an hour here, guys. Somebody just puts in the surgeon. <laughs> Finally, the Judy Bloom podcast I've been looking for. That's right. We did it, guys. Yeah, a little roundtable. Great. Thanks for joining us, guys. Thanks, Sam. Sam. Well, nice to hear your voice. you in again. And Justin, you're fired. I'll go back to the corner. <laughs> that was an intervention. Justin, we're going to bring in your wife and your mom. And we wanted to talk about my your, eating habits. Your eating habits. Why are you eating crazy? all a setup. <laughs> Chris right. is like, it's going to be great for ratings. Dude, we're going to get great oh, downloads man. for this, Justin. Oh, the intern smelled so he's, he's an idiot. He's a dummy. <laughs> that guy, the uh, the thing, yeah, go see him. He's got a, he's got a bumper <laughs> sticker to give you. <laughs> that is our special edition. A roundtable action. Of roundtable. Of That's We Are right. Live. Gaines, uh, I'm glad we didn't have him on. Yeah, here. fuck you, Gaines. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Justin been wanting to say that for yeah, weeks. Yeah. Finally, yeah, his ass yeah. ain't here. I can say it. That's right. <laughs> Make sure you guys head to offbroadwaystl.com if you're in the St. Louis area and you want to come see our live show. It's been about a couple of months since we've done a We Are Live live show, and it's our Target Practice Live. So we, we opened up a few more tickets, and if you're in the St. Louis area and you're listening to this special edition, make sure you check out offbroadwaystl.com to come check out some of the best comedians in the St. Louis area. That's right. We'll be back Monday with the Uncensored Podcast. See you then. Hit the outro music, Sam. Hit the outro music, Sam. Hit the outro, Sam. You are now tuned in to the Free Play Media Podcast Network.